Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. The Christmas season is a double blessing for Christians. We get to celebrate the birth of Christ, a pivotal point of the gospel narrative. And we can also enjoy the cultural Christmas too. Our family has always loved the cultural Christmas, gathering with friends, gift giving, and the opportunities to engage our community with the message of Christ. It has been our experience, and probably yours too, is that folks tend to have more of an open and generous spirit around Christmas, and what that does is it creates doors for the gospel message. And so we enjoy the reason for the season. His name is Jesus. And we also enjoy sharing Jesus with others. And so we enjoy the the real reason, the Christian Christmas, and we also enjoy the cultural Christmas. And for the believer, that is a double blessing. Hello, everyone. This is Life Over Coffee, and our our little coffee shop is lifeovercoffee.com. We would love for you to come by and sit a spell, enjoy all of our resources. We have literally, for real, millions of words in our coffee shop that are either articles that have been written, podcasts that have been produced, videos that have been developed, and they're all yours. They are our gifts to you to enjoy and also to share with others. Here is a little article I want to share with you. It might be great if you go down to the bottom of it, print it off and and pass it out as a handout, or maybe just share the URL with someone and spend some time talking about it. Here's the title, Enjoying the Cultural and the Christian Christmas. Now, I want to begin by sharing a story with you about when our children were younger. I recall that we were all hanging out at a Kohl's department store. Our children were up through the sunroof of our van, and they were sitting up there. They were little at the time. And I was hunkered down in the van waiting on Lucia as she went in to exchange something. And so as they were sitting on top of the van, they were spreading Christmas cheer (laughs) to anyone within 25 yards of their outside voices. And as they sang, two ladies passed by and greeted them with a Merry Christmas. And then one of the ladies asked, Do you think Santa can see you from the North Pole? And then then somewhat under our son's breath, he leaned down to me as I was working on my fear of man in, in the van, and he said to me, no, but God can see us. And I smiled, and I was also encouraged that he knew the difference between the two Christmases, and I was even more encouraged that he was using his inside voice Uh, when he was sharing with me his theological position on Christmas as an eight-year-old boy. You see, our children do not believe in the cultural Santa or the Lion King or Ariel. Our daughter used to have a little Ariel doll that she carried with her everywhere. I I thought at some point it actually crossed my mind that she's going to be 35 years old still carrying this Ariel doll. Some of you have had children that young who get fixated on a certain stuffed animal. It may cross your mind too. Are you going to like do this forever? But eventually it goes away. And they enjoy the entertainment that all these little characters have provided for them. And I am very glad that our children know how to play make-believe. I'm also happy that they know how to imagine and discern truth while staying within the limitations of human imagination. 
And so we have intentionally, purposely not withheld the cultural Christmas from them. We have a Christmas tree. We have Christmas lights, a Santa figurine that's sitting in the, above the fireplace area, and we have stockings on the mantle. And we have other family traditions that center on the cultural Christmas. In fact, one of our favorite things to do, and we probably have done this now 15 years in a row, we go to the Merry Christmas Tree Farm. This is a plug just outside of Clemson, South Carolina. And we will pick, choose, and saw down our Christmas tree, put it on the shaker, bind it up, put it on the vehicle, bring it home, and then set it up. And we do this every first Saturday after Thanksgiving. That is our tradition, and we always do it, and we look forward to it every year. By the way, if you have never gotten a live tree, and you want to go to, like, say, the Merry Christmas Tree Farm outside of Clemson, South Carolina, well, make sure that you have a measuring stick. Now, they give you a piece of PVC pipe so that you can measure it. Because when you look at a tree under God's cathedral, you might not realize how big it really is until you bring it home and try to get that thing inside the house when it will hardly fit through the, through the door and it's going through the roof. We may or may not have had that experience but we did learn, get the PVC pipe and measure the Christmas tree so that it's not bigger than your house. Now, we also like watching movies. Uh, one of my favorites is Miracle on 34th Street. And, of course, we have seen It's a Wonderful Life more times than I can remember, always hoping that George Bailey would finally make it out of Bedford Falls. Spoiler alert, he never makes it out. Then there are various Christmas playlists from, uh, that, for Christmas music that we play in our home from Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving, to the New Year. Now, there's a reason for that. Lucia will not permit us to play, sing, whistle any Christmas tune before Thanksgiving. We need to give full respect to Thanksgiving before we index forward and usher Christmas in as though Thanksgiving does not exist. And so she will not permit us to play Christmas music. I was just humming a Christmas tune a couple of days ago before Thanksgiving, and at least two of my children confronted me and said, Dad, we don't do that around here. And I immediately ceased from my joy. And we have all kinds of Christmas music from various genres. We like jazz. We like big band. We like country Christmas music. A little rock Christian music, Christmas music, and then, of course, Christian Christmas music is our favorite. The season is always full of good memories, lots of entertainment, and of course, there has to be laughter. And I remember a time when Thanksgiving and Christmas brought no laughter and no joy to my heart. And I know that there will be people that will be listening to the podcast or watching the video, and this is where you are right now. And I do understand, and I don't want to bypass that. I don't want to just talk about joy and happiness without acknowledging that this could be your first Christmas with some kind of loss, whether it's divorce or death or some other setback. This can be a difficult time for you, and I totally understand it. In fact, I would encourage you to go to lifeovercoffee.com and look. just type in Thanksgiving. Just type in Thanksgiving in the search box and then look for the article that says, No thanks for Thanksgiving. 
the confession of a former lonely man. And I tell autobiographically in that article and the, the podcast and the video about that very dismal season, my first uh, Christmas, my first Thanksgiving without my family. And so I know that when I say it's full of good memories and entertainment and lots of laughter, it's not that way for everybody. And if you are lonely this holiday season, uh, if we can help you, just jump on our website and just ask, uh, how can we serve you? How can we encourage you? But the cultural Christmas, it is a season. It comes, it goes, and we try to catch as much of it as possible. And then there is the Christocentric Christmas, that other celebration in our home. Now, the Christocentric Christmas, it's different. It is, it is supra-seasonal, not constrained by time or place or money. It's a daily celebration that runs throughout the year. Our enthusiasm for this celebration perseveres because it comes through grace and is empowered by the gospel. It is our Christocentric experience that is a lot more than just Christmas Day. It's not a secularized cultural event at all, much of what I have been describing thus far. No, this is different. We celebrate the incarnate, crucified, risen, and reigning Savior all year long. And while there are times when the cultural Christmas can be annoying and it can just, quite frankly, get in our way, there is never an unwanted intrusion of the biblical Christmas. And so this Christmas season, I hope that your pace of life does not make you out of sync with the real Christmas. And so if you need to, I appeal to you to stop, slow down, take a break. If this season speeds you up too much, we intentionally schedule our Christmas holiday season so that we are not sped up to where we're more exhausted and frustrated than enjoying the real reason for the season. And while the cultural Christmas can be fun, it's really not that vital. Christmas is just one of many things in our lives that can direct us to the gospel. But if the cultural Christmas interferes with that, then we really must reconsider the purposes of our activities. Our busyness needs recalibration if our activities do not point us to the Savior. And so this article I've titled, Enjoying the Cultural and Christian Christmas. And that's it. If you want to print it off, you want to share the URL with a friend, please do. I do want to finish by asking a couple of questions. We have CTAs at the end of our articles. And the reason for the call to action questions is so that we have a lot of counselors, pastors, small group leaders, good friends who do the work of discipleship, and they use our content supplementally to what they are doing with their friends that they are meeting with throughout the week. And so they can give them an article and say, hey, would you read this? And then at the bottom, there are some questions. And so in that way, we can come alongside these leaders and assist them and supplement what they are doing by doing the work of discipleship. And so we have CTAs at the end of our articles, and so let me share a couple call-to-action questions with you. Number one, what are your cultural Christmas traditions? Now, 
if you just formed a family, you've just left your family of origin and you're starting to form a family, I would encourage you to do that, to think through Christmas traditions. Don't feel pressured by it. It may take two or three Christmases for you to really develop some. But I will tell you, as others will as well, is that when your children get out of the home, and then when we have these conversations about Christmas, they inevitably start talking about uh, some of the things that we did traditionally during the Christmas season. And so what are your cultural Christmas traditions? And as you reflect, what is a fun story from your Christmas past? Maybe you can share one today at a meal of something that happened during Christmas, one that you'll probably have shared 30 times already, but it was a fun story during the Christmas season. What are the benefits of making these memories with your family and friends? And I trust you see that that is beneficial. Making memories is a big deal because the season that we're in, regardless whether it's Christmas or even the season of parenting, it goes by too fast, too soon. And you want to drive stakes down. And those stakes are memories that you drive down so that you can reflect and just have that in eternal, refreshing joy as you think about uh, some of the wonderful memories and having Christmas traditions uh, that can be part of that. Number two, I realize there were like three questions in number one. Number two, which Christmas takes up most of your time this season, the Christocentric Christmas or the cultural Christmas? That is something to ponder. And then number three, what are the habits that keep you relaxed year-round? How do you practice slowing down? A couple of years ago, I uh, read, I went through the book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And then I shared it with our family, and they've gone through it. I know a couple of, one of them has gone through it a couple of times, and I think the rest of them have gone through it as well. Uh, but that has been a regular conversation in our home since then, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a good book. There's parts of it that you may struggle with. But for the most part, the idea is a good idea. And if you need to eliminate hurry out of your life, maybe this book would help you to do that. One of the things that I see in so many people's lives is the pace of life is too frenetic. They are too busy, and they can blow through the Christmas season and really say something like, I'm glad that's over. And if we're saying that, maybe we are missing the point. And so what are the habits that keep you relaxed year round? How do you practice slowing down? Number four, how do your social media habits help reduce or increase your soul noise? If your media use hinders you from relaxing, slowing down, taking down the soul noise, maybe uh, there needs to be a plan to change. And then finally, question number five, how are your activities, activities increasing your affection for the incarnate Lord, the real reason for Christmas? If, if our affection for Christ is not growing as each season, Christmas season comes around, Maybe we need to reevaluate what we are enjoying more, the real reason for the season or the cultural Christmas that is embarking, in, in, encroaching uh, into our lives. And so how are your activities increasing your affection for the incarnate Lord? Enjoying the cultural, 
and the Christian Christmas. Enjoy both, but remember, one is supra-seasonal, and we want to enjoy Him every day of our lives. Merry Christmas, and God bless. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.